Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is officially a Tim Melville podcast and nothing else. Yeah. From now until forever. Amen. My kingdom for Tim Melville. <laughs> I will go into a foxhole with Tim Melville. <laughs> yeah, the Rockies lost last night. Herman Marquez pitched okay, but hey, not everybody can be Tim Melville. That's true. You can only have so many Tim Melvilles, you know. Um, and the Rockies have one, which is better than having zero. Every other team has zero. Yeah, Rockies got so, one, though. You know. Rockies one, rest of baseball zero. Take that, losers. Yeah, take that, uh, Dodgers. <laughs> you and your you might have uh, what is it now? You might twenty and a half games. You might win a hundred fifteen games this year, but you don't have Tim Melville. The next largest division lead for any team in baseball is the New York Yankees with an eight game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. Los Angeles Dodgers have a twenty and a half game lead over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Cool cool <laughs> all right then all righty uh so hey hi welcome hi, to this week's episode of the purple dinosaur podcast i'm tyler Moss. and i'm anthony masterson and uh you know we're uh, we're playing out the string just like the rockies <laughs> when you pick a podcast to uh, focus on this franchise and for a couple years it's good and then you get back to being like oh i remember what this is like yeah about a bad let's hope it's just a one-year um, thing but you know yeah let's hope so uh, but we'll we'll discuss that and um, you know uh, hopefully solve some problems. I know our good buddy Brian Kilpatrick, uh, who hosts the Rocky Mountain Baseball Podcast now. Uh, BK in a tweet about his episode from this week said, "Is Jeff Bride starting to feel the heat?" And based on franchise history, uh, I would say he's no. really only got like eleven more yeah. years. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, he doesn't watch out and things shape up soon. He might only be here until we're. He all... might not make it until twenty thirty. Yeah. At this rate, if things keep if going things this keep way, going the way that they are, you know, he might be here um, for Trump's fourth term. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the Rockies are like embarrassingly bad, um, and uh, and they're they're not really showing signs of anything getting better. So that's fun. Uh, they they won three Melville. straight. <laughs> yeah, but they got Tim Melville. They won three straight at one point, and we were all like, hell yeah. And then uh, they lost two out of lost three. Lost Cucaracha. Remember that winning streak they had over the D-backs when they won like nine straight over the D-backs or whatever it is? They won, I think the D-backs have won eight of they ten. They won the season the series with the D-backs 10 to 9. <laughs> and they've won two games with the D-backs in the last two months. <laughs> That is this season in a nutshell. Yeah. That is 2019 encapsulated. Um, 
So, I don't know. Here we are for the old PDP. Hopefully, we can laugh through this with you. Um, but, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us wherever you found us. Uh, we are at uh, on the old Apple Podcasts and Google Play and all those sorts of things. And um, Sponsored by Red Robin, too. Yeah. We're brought to you by... Brought to you by... Brought to you by Red Robin. Robin. Yum. Um, yeah. That's, uh, where, that's where the Rockies are. Womp womp. Um... One thing uh, that I want to make sure that we get to at some point, we did get another couple of emails in from people who were explaining to us the reason for their Rockies fan. Ooh, fun. Um, international fans, yes. I should say. Not just not just <laughs> regular yeah. jabronis. Um, do people still use that? Jabroni? I don't is know. 2003? Anyway. The Rock is still alive. I wish it was. He's still in the building. Still. I was good at being a, like a high school kid. I kind of suck at adulthood. Well, I was terrible at high school. Yeah. Um, well, I really peaked like sophomore year of college. I was going to say we were both good in college, <laughs> though. And like, oh, three, we're like heading sort of into that. Realm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd take that. Um, Adam Busag is tuned in like, I wasn't even a fetus then. <laughs> Ugh, gross. <laughs> Love you, Adam. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's dive in for uh, I don't know the one topic that's worth discussing, and that is new Colorado Rockies starting pitcher Tim Bell, who uh, in his organizational big league debut against the Arizona Diamondbacks went seven innings of one run ball, allowed just two hits, a double and a homer, struck out four, walked two. Uh, also had a couple of RBIs in that game and, um, oh God, I've been infected as a writer. We have to use RBIs as the acronym. I used to always say RBI because RBI know. is correct. That's why you correct. use that because yeah. it is and runs batted in. It's, it's not wrong. runs batted ins. Right. Correct. Uh, that's gross that I just, after six years of writing, I'm just beaten down into my poor RBI, RBI is plural already. He had a couple RBI. Uh, we'll say that. Yes. I'll correct it. Um, but Tim Melville, prior to his first start for the Rockies at the Major League level, had made six big league appearances uh, and had pitched 14 and two-thirds innings and uh, had an ERA of like a million. Um, he pitched for the Cincinnati Reds for three games in 2016, one game for the Minnesota Twins in 2017, and two games for the San Diego Padres that year. Uh, and then was uh, kind of gone, was out of baseball, started last season working at a barbecue restaurant. Little Miss in Barbecue. The, uh, Phoenix area. In Phoenix. The Phoenix area. Yeah. Have you been there? No, um, but I'm going either. to go now <laughs> when I go back yeah, to Phoenix. I know. I'm always there. Um, I gotta look it up and see, like, uh, if I. Oh that's, yeah, I think I have driven by the airport. This. Yeah, I tried to go to this place last year, um, and there was a line. Uh, God, who was I with? Uh, I don't remember now. But there was a line um, for this. I think it was the Sunny Slope. Uh, eh, maybe location. Yeah, anyway, there were a billion people outside, and I was like, well, probably not gonna go to this place. Um, but it looks amazing. So anybody who has hit up Little Miss Barbecue, let us know because it looks incredible. And uh, yeah, this is definitely the place I try to go. Huh. Could have seen Tim Melville working there. Uh, so anyway, Probably Tim did. Melville goes outside and gets a job. People in line. <laughs> he um, he like wanted to learn the business of barbecue restaurants, which makes me love him. Yeah. Uh, he he plugged this restaurant in his post game interview. That's uh, first after getting big his first league win. win. Which makes me love. And he literally more. said, "You." He's like, "You know me. I'm a big food guy." 
because the whole game people were talking about how much of a big chunky boy he was. He is a he is a thick king. He's only twenty nine. That is pretty crazy. Well, like, so did, did, we did you hear like story. Adam Jones interview during the game? By the way, no. So like there it was like it was Rich Waltz, Eric Burns, and Jeremy Affelt on the call on YouTube. We'll move we'll, we'll past one. that. But like they were interviewing Adam Jones for like the second or third inning, and he was talking about Tim Melville, and they said he was listed. He's like, "Hey, what's this guy listed at?" It was like six four two twenty five. He's like, said something along the lines of, "Man, if he's only five pounds more than I am, these scales are wrong." <laughs> <laughs> I love Adam Jones. And I'm very glad that somebody gave him a job. Uh, anyway, um, sorry, go on. So, uh, so we have a we have a bit of a backstory with Tim yes. Melville. Uh, you and I watched him pitch back in the 2010 Carolina League, uh, in which Tim Melville was a very, very highly rated prospect for the Kansas City Royals organization. He had been a fourth-round pick uh, back in 2009. He actually started on what I believe uh, might have been opening day that year. Could this it's be possible. right? April 9th yeah. of 2010. Uh, Wilmington had a, had a good team there. That was... Let's see who was that? that was Will Myers on that team that year. Yeah, that was uh, Will Myers was there that year. Uh, Eric Hosmer was there. Gerard that Dyson year. was there that Gerard year. Cosmer, yeah. Sal that. Perez. Um, man, Korean yeah, star Jamie was, Romack. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jamie Romack, who uh, went on to crush overseas yeah. in in a couple of different places. Um, Annie Duffy, Mike Montgomery, the Will, Will Smith, the uh, yeah. the Giants uh, pitcher. The Giants, yeah. the Giants version. Yeah, um, yeah the uh, the Royals had a very fun group for a couple of seasons there. The year before that was like Mike Moustakis. Yeah. And there. then they went and won a World Series. Right, and then that group uh, actually did good things at the big league level. Um, but, yeah, Tim Melville was there and was a guy who, uh, I mean, we certainly took – Heed of took headed. He was a top hundred prospect going into twenty ten. I mean, all of baseball. That's how highly Tim Melville was thought. He was one of the top high school pitchers coming out of Wentzville High in Wentzville, Missouri. He was uh, sixth ranked in the organization according to uh, Baseball America that year. And I'll read you some of his uh, his summary quote. Melville was the top high school pitching prospect entering 2008, but didn't quite live up to expectations and scared teams off with his desire for upper first-round money. He was willing to give Kansas City a home state discount and sign for $1.25 million as a fourth-round pick. Because he signed late and the Royals wanted to keep him out of cold weather, he didn't make his pro debut until May 20th. This is of 2009, they are discussing. Uh, with his raw stuff, Melville has the potential to be a frontline starter. His 92 to 93 mile per hour fastball touches 95 with boring action that makes it effective against boring. the Boring. And that means like boring like it bores in on you oh quite like it's no it's just, it's just so boring the hitters don't want to hit it right yeah. exactly like oh uh, another fastball uh and it gets strikeouts because that's what it says his fastball generates strikeouts but it's most effective as a heavy pitch that forces weak grounders his curveball is a true 12 to 6 downer that's a plus pitch when he can command downer. it so far we've heard that he has boring action and a downer <laughs> uh he has a clean arm action and a pitcher's body <laughs> That should give him plenty of durability. Melville struggles when he loses his tempo and his delivery, blah, 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 blah. Um, Melville could be a number two or number three starter someday. He'll head to Wilmington, where a pitcher-friendly park should give him a chance to get well, on a Based roll. on the Rockies' injuries the last few weeks, he is a number one or number two starter right now. Yeah, pretty so. much. Um, also, narrator, uh, that year did not give him a chance to get on a roll. He went 2-12 and 12 with a four nine seven ERA in the Carolina League that year. 
And pitching in Wilmington, which is the almost the minor league equivalent of Petro. It is a graveyard for hitters. Yeah, it's not uh, It's not just the Carolina League equivalent. Like, Wilmington is one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks in all of baseball. Yeah, the minor league park um, factors are off the charts for Frawley Stadium. Yeah. yeah. Um, I miss and, Frawley uh, Stadium, though. Mr. Celery? Frawley Stadium. That place had the best, uh, well, maybe the second best food in the league. The, the Philly cheesesteaks. I love the food yeah. there. The Philly cheesesteaks were great. Kinston, I still, uh, oh, that was my favorite food place. Kinston was had, my uh, favorite place to go because it was just like a place completely frozen in 1963. Kinston is the, when you think of like classic like, American like, minor in, league in baseball. In every way Kinston. frozen in 1963. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I love that place. I snuck into that ballpark a few years ago. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. It, was, it was great. Um, and now they have a, a team back. They do. Uh, and the Down East Wood Ducks. Ducks yeah. which, They're not a Granger, uh, though, right? They, oh, they are. are they are okay. a Granger. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Texas Rangers own that team now, and they put a whole bunch of money into I think they tore down that clubhouse and office building and built a brand new one down the Probably line. Probably a good idea. Um, but uh, anyway, Tim Melville, uh, not good in uh, in 2010. And then he went back to the Carolina League in 2011 and was, like, marginally better. Uh, he he recorded 21 decisions the next year in 29 appearances, 25 starts, 11 and 10 in a 4.32 ERA. Uh, but really from there on, it just never happened for Tim Melville. He dealt with injuries. He bounced back and forth between a whole bunch of like rookie-level assignments for injury rehab and all that. He finally did make it uh, to AAA in the Detroit Tigers organization in 2015. And it wasn't terrible there, uh, but it was with the Reds in 2016 when you could tell he got a shot really because the Reds just needed an arm. He had only made nine minor league appearances that year uh, with the Cincinnati Reds, but jumped up, got a big league call. Uh, Then in 2017, he was in the Twins organization. He was in the Padres organization. 2018, he was in the Marlins organization. Uh, And this year, he was working at a barbecue place when apparently he just went to a game at Chase Field earlier this season and thought, like, nah, I can, I can still, still do this. this. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty awesome. Uh, so the Rockies signed him to a minor league contract out of the Atlantic League. He went and pitched for the Long Island Ducks in the Atlantic League, which the Long Island Ducks are kind of a launching pad for guys who are still trying to get back into it. Um, the Atlantic League as a whole sort of is although i know there are a lot of player development people and front office executives that are concerned about the atlantic league now because with the you know the, the robot pushing umps, the mound the, back yeah. and robot umps and all this kind of stuff i had a, a player development guy tell me back in spring training like that used to be the place where if we just needed somebody as organizational filler we just go to the atlantic league and pull somebody out and now it's like how are we going to evaluate guys there well, yeah. um, which they did not yeah. do the whole moving the mound back thing thank right. Um, but, you know, they're still goofing I mean, around with all these different things in the Atlantic League. Anyway, Tim Melville goes there. The Rockies sign him, put him in Albuquerque. Uh, and we told you, and I'm pretty sure this was back in June. Yeah, it was. We said, like, like, here's a name to keep an eye out for, like, Tim Melville. The irony, Tim Melville, who knows? We know he's an older guy. He's only 29, right. I mean, for the love of God. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not saying we told you my favorite little tidbit uh, from Nick Groke's article on The Athletic about it, about Tim Melville. Um, he became quick friends with the folks at the shop, but they knew little about this baseball player only because of his size and because he would eat like a horse, wolfing protein by the pound. <laughs> I wonder what his go to is like when you go to a barbecue place, what do you get? 
Uh, I, like, let's say you get a two meat and right. sides combo. Generally, I would try to find the brisket first. Same. Yeah. I go brisket, and uh, if they have burnt ends. Oh, well, sure. Ends. Yeah, those are that's still um, a variation of brisket, but yes, burnt ends are generally amazing. pulled yeah. pork if uh, if not burnt. Yeah, ends. if it's a new place I'm trying out, I got to test the brisket and then pulled pork probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless, like, it's a place that does sausage, and then I'm like, oh, okay. Then I'm eating three meats. Sorry. So I got to do that, and then. I'm going to tweet at Tim Melville right now and ask him what his favorite. And this is all something that we found out during this whole. Uh, this whole game because it was a day game. It was the only game going on at that time in the afternoon. It was on YouTube. Uh, it was in the middle of the day. And uh, we found out Tim Melville has a Twitter account. He's made three tweets uh, this entire season. And uh, <laughs> one of them was a retweet of the old soda pop Surge from the 90s. Which has a verified Twitter yes. account. <laughs> saying. Ska will never die. Retweet if you agree. Those were Tim Melville's three it. tweets this year prior to the other day. Big surge and Ska guy. Like, Tim Melville, Melville. Like there is a greater than 0% chance that he like gets revved up for games by listening to Real Big Fish and Less Than Jake. So he was on uh, with Crackman and Lindahl yesterday on Altitude Sports Radio and uh, told them that he, I believe, after the game. Um, now I got to find whether it was before or after because it's kind of crucial to the story. But he, uh, he's a big corn fan. Everybody. Oh yeah, corn K O R N. Speaking of nineties, and uh, yes. here is here is Nate's tweet quote: Our interview with Tim Melville at Tim Melville. With one M, by the way, in his uh, Twitter handle, in which he reveals he was jamming out to Corn in his room at 2 a.m. last night, and then randomly met them at the hotel today in St. Louis. First big league win, two RBIs, and Corn. Pretty. Cool. Uh, I mean, pretty great. What what a week Tim Melville is having. What a week. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm really gonna tweet at him. He's never gonna reply, but. Uh, yeah. So Tim Melville, good, uh, good story. Um, and you know, it's, I tweeted out the night of his start. I screenshot it. He was the top trend in Denver on Twitter. Yeah. And I tweeted out just like we all predicted back in March. And, uh, the our our pal Adam Busack responded and said, "Dude didn't even sign a minor league contract until May." And my response was, "At least in crap seasons, fun stories like this can come along." Which which it kind of sucks that like we're in a place where we have to look for those, but they are still fun. No, and you know, and that's kind of the point of why we're talking about Tim Melville on Friday, August twenty third, um, when the Rockies are in last place and like a thousand games out of first place, uh, because yeah. at this point with a team struggling the way that they are, you need stories like this to keep you going throughout the season especially a season as trying as this one and like you know we had last week we had the cucarachas and they were playing well with the cucarachas for a yeah, while yeah it was fun it was fun and then they did not play well for a little while and everyone was like oh the cucarachas were so stupid blah 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 I'm like yeah far be it from anybody on here to try to have fun you know it's such right, a horrible, right. horrible especially season. in a lost yeah season. like you know like god like, why in the world would we ever try to have fun with something that's going on yeah. here? Good Lord. That's like the dude yesterday who responded to a Purple Row tweet in which Purple Row said uh, that he somebody yielded a walk. And he said, he didn't yield a walk. He allowed a walk. And you responded, God, man, who cares? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, calm down. I, I, I hate that. 
that kind of stuff, man. I really, really <laughs> do. It it is so obnoxious. It's pretty pretty good. Cool. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, everybody needs things to be. If you're still going to be invested in this season, you still need things to cheer for. And Tim Melville right now is that thing for the Rockies. And maybe he goes out in in. Is he going to start on Sunday? Yeah, he'll, uh, uh, when they come back. Home. Yeah, it'd be Monday or Tuesday, whatever um, their first game is after that. So you know, maybe he comes home to hashtag Coors and he gets his shit lit up, and you know, who, we never hear who from cares. Again. That's not the point. But who cares exactly? <laughs> That's not the point like, at all. It's, it's been a terrible season. Uh, and to have something that at least you can like have a little bit of fun with, like the Cucarachas thing or Tim Melville, um, you need the, the kind of perseverance that Tim Melville had to make yeah. 230 plus independent slash minor league appearances and barely get a shot at the big leagues and keep coming back in 11 seasons to keep coming back and be like, you know what? I can still do this. And then to get the opportunity because somebody else got hurt, you got to, not even 24 hours in advance notice you're going to be starting at Chase Field against the Diamondbacks where, where you work in the offseason. You know, some of your friends were in the stands and to get that chance to come out and then just shove to give up two hits in seven innings, like one run. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that makes you romantic about baseball because that those stories don't happen in other sports. You know, yeah. baseball is the one major sport where a story like that can actually happen. It happens at least a few times a year. And this time it happened to the Rockies. Giving Tim Melville the platform that we have over the last few days because of the great story that he is, we should be celebrating that. Yeah. And that's and that's yeah. the point because we're not going to be celebrating what else goes on in the baseball field for the Rockies this year. Yeah. Nothing else yeah. has happened. Celebrate Tim Melville. Like I, yeah, I'd rather spend cool. the time celebrating Tim Melville than ripping Ian Desmond, even though that's fun, you know. But no, I'd rather celebrate Tim Melville. Let's do that then. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of those, like you said, it's a it's a very baseball only thing. You know, you can see it in in other sports occasionally. A guy will, you know, a basketball player was playing. Oh, he was in Turkey this time a couple years ago or whatever. It's yeah, not the no. same. Baseball is the only sport in which you can just kick around in these random dusty minor league stops. Uh, you know, you can be an independent ball. You can be doing all these. You can be working in a barbecue joint, and then all of a sudden you decide, like, by the way. How amazing would it be to be the level of athlete who goes to a big league game and thinks, I could still do that, and yeah. then just does it? <laughs> like, oh, all right. I could not, like, I couldn't go to the barbecue restaurant and watch them do things and think, I could do that. I couldn't even, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even do that. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, like, to go to a big league game and think, like, oh, yeah. I, I could barely go to happen. Wendy's what? and be like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so congratulations to Tim Melville, who was uh, a much-needed oasis of fun in an otherwise garbage patch, uh, flaming Amazon of a season. Uh, the world's ending. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, the the Rockies are now uh, bajillion are games even? back. 26 Literally 26 and a half games back. And a half games back. Two games clear of last place. You know what's kind of crazy is, like, they're only six games back of second place, <laughs> and I would feel so much better about the season if they somehow, like, rattled off a decent run to the end of the year and finished second place. Like, that yeah. I feel okay with. These are four garbage teams, Arizona, San Francisco, San Diego, and Colorado this year, and yet the Rockies are the worst of them somehow. 
Coming into the season, there's no way you could have told me that, especially Arizona and San Francisco, were going to be competitive. Well, um, the D-backs have been 500 pretty much the entire season. Yeah, the last time they were – I did this the other day for work. The last time they were more than two games north or south of 500 was in the middle of June. So, this, so for the last two months, they've been within two games of 500. That is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, that team has been um, – they've been stunningly, consistently average. Yes. Basically. That's kind of where the D-backs are. Yeah. Um, but, hey, you know, that's better than being uh, – what's the word? Terrible. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty much what the Rockies have been. So, uh, you know, at this stage, I think you look at the last six weeks of the season and you want to know where the Rockies go from here. And we're going to talk about that after this. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I remember you did this week. Thank God. Um, so there's like six weeks left. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't have any reservations about saying that it's all over like no, i know obviously not even like yeah. the glimmer of hope in my mind anymore that like oh well you know maybe like, what if they get on a run make a make a crazy run and get back into this the rockies won every single game for the rest of the year they still finish with 92 wins which matches a franchise record <laughs> um oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry i shouldn't have laughed at game that. the rest of the year <laughs> yeah so 34 games to go um, what do you want to see now from this point for the rest? Well, of the- you want to see guys that have a chance to help in the future help now and even get take their yeah. lumps. Like last night's game was a perfect example. We're recording this on Friday, August 23rd. Last night, the Rockies lost 6-5 to the St. Louis Cardinals at Bush Stadium. They are now at 26 or 6 and 26 in St. Louis since 2010. 6 and 26. God, in 10 seasons. Was 2010 the year that Kip Wells st- – no, that was like 20 – 2009 was – they actually swept in 2009 at Bush Stadium. Man. And that was the last time they is- you know didn't shit the bed completely there in St. Louis. I mean, last year was like the way – that was the Wade Davis trip where he blew everything. That was the Milwaukee-St. Oh, Louis. The no Boston way. Man. Wade Davis, you say? I, Blue games? I'm just saying like I, I've heard huh. I've heard it's happened before that Wade Davis has blown a game or two. Um, Interesting. <laughs> I got a uh, a text, by the way, the other day um, when they were leading, and I tweeted out a screenshot of this, uh, when they were leading going into the the ninth against the Marlins the day that he came back in as closer after Scott Oberg's, you know, veins exploded. Um, And we certainly wish Scott Oberg all the best because blood clots are 
fucking scary thing to deal with. Um, but I uh, got a text that said, quote, going to the driving range, text me if Wade pisses this away. That was at 4.11 p.m. Uh, at 4.15, I texted back, lead off, walk, comma, double. And at 4.18, <laughs> three batters, blown. <laughs> so that's the Wade Davis experience. That's, um, that's it. Anyway. Um, but last night, you know, Herman Marquez pitched fine. You know, they got five runs off Miles Michaelis. No one hit a three-run homer. Uh, and they gave up three two-run home runs. And the last one to Dexter Fowler, which was, you know, Italian chef kiss. Uh, Dan O'Dowd was sitting in a darkened office stroking a cat. Seriously. Yeah. So they, you know, they, they lost that game 6-5, you know, whatever. But after Herman Marquez pitched six innings, gave up four runs, they brought in Yancy Almonte in the seventh. And Yancy Almonte walked the leadoff man. And then give him a two-run homer to Dexter Fowler when he was behind on the count. And, you know, it's things like like those moments right there are teaching moments. Because yeah. after that, I believe Almonte settled down and retired the side in order. Let me double-check that. Um, so after he gave the home run, strikeout, ground out, strikeout for Yancey Almonte. Yancey Almonte last night was working 95 to 97 with a really nice hook. He struck out Colton Wong swinging, who has been very hot the last month. Marcelo Zuna, who hit one to the goddamn moon uh, in his second at bat off Herman Marquez, got him out, out looking on a breaking ball inside. The stuff works for Yancey Almonte. He has big league stuff. And yeah. you want to see him get a lot more chances than he has over the last season. He has made 13 appearances this year. He's got a four and a half. Who cares? It is. Yeah. In, in 27 appearances at a big league level, all coming out of the bullpen, he has a three and a half ERA. Really not bad. And, and considering the other options, you want to see NC Almonte get those opportunities. I think someone tweeted into us last night saying, I would rather see Yancey give it up than Brian, than Brian Shaw or Wade Davis. Right. And it's like at this point, right. yes. That is yeah, that is kind of a crucial element of where they are point. right you, now. You don't need to see any more from Brian Shaw this year. You don't need yeah. to see any more from Wade Davis this year. You can because you know you got to pitch. You know you need someone to get outs at some point or to give up nine hits in a row. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is what both of those guys generally seem to want to do. But you want to see Yancy Almonte get a lot of opportunities to pitch in late in games this year. You want to see Carlos yeah. Estevez get lots of opportunities to pitch in high leverage situations this year. Jairo Diaz, give him the ninth inning when you have a save opportunity now. It's not going to be Wade Davis anymore. Give Jairo Diaz that chance. Give Carlos Estevez that chance. Give I know DJ Johnson didn't pitch well last night, but give DJ Johnson more chances this year. He may not be a part of the team going forward, but he's, you know, you already know you're going to have Shaw and Davis on the team next year. Like, if you want to see if you can get DJ Johnson some experience, if you want to see if you can get, like, Sam Howard, I don't know, whoever the hell, Jesus Sunoco, get Jesus Sunoco more chances, you know, going forward. That's what you want right now because yeah, it does not help this team any going forward to see Brian Shaw coming in with down two runs or up two runs in the seventh inning of a game. That, that does yeah. nothing for this team going forward. And right now, that's what we're looking at right now. We're looking at this team going forward because the farm system right now, not great. They've graduated a lot of guys. They've and the the guys they have that are the higher prospects are a few years away. You know they don't have a lot of chance. I think Baseball America called them the fifth worst 
farm system in baseball right now, which is yeah, it is pretty amazing how far that. Well, I, has you could graduate guys, and that's what happens. Right. It makes sense, and then you know. But they have not replenished. No, they have not. I mean, and like I said, their their biggest prospects are in a ball and lower. At this, yeah, or injured. yeah, or injured exactly. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Going forward, that's what you want to find out. Who is going to be on this team next year? Who is going to give yourself an opportunity to get back to playoff contention next year? Because this year's a wash. We already know that. Let's see what the yeah. kids have, what the what the, the thick pen has with Estevez and Almonte and Tinoco and Jairo. Like, let those guys right. get their opportunities and see what they can do. The, the Rockies in 2015 had Baseball America's number eight uh system in baseball in terms of organization talent in those rankings 2016 it was number six 2017 it was number 10 so eighth sixth tenth you made the playoffs in the year in which you were ranked 10th the year following that you made the playoffs they dropped back to 19th um, and now they're twenty fourth, and or twenty sixth. Now they are twenty fourth in the preseason rankings, um, and the reason for that is Brendan Rodgers' poor MLB debut and season ending injury, as well as Colton Welker's slump, have given the Rockies some bad mid season news. That's the quote uh, from Baseball America, and they're not wrong. I mean, you look at at where the Rockies kind of laid the chips down in the system this year. Uh, Colton Welker, you know, Hartford's not a real easy place to hit. Um, it's kind of a hitter-friendly ballpark, but it's been a very non-hitter-friendly league. Um, and Colton Welker, who, you know, the last couple of seasons, last year hit the the Cal League to hell. Uh, he won the batting title there. Uh, this year he's batting two fifty eight with a seven twenty four OPS. He's only homered nine times. Keep in mind, he's only 21 right. also, um, but uh, Colton Walker has not been good. Tyler Nevin has kind of disappeared. Um, he's hitting 243 down there with a 706 OPS at Hartford. Um, you know, aside from that, like Brendan Rodgers now out for the year and presumably a substantial amount of time for next year. Uh, Ryan Rollison is kind of the guy who you look at with some hope. And Ryan Rollison right now is like he is the – the minor league version of I don't want to say Wade Davis because I don't truly believe that it's that. <laughs> that bad. sounds so but mean. He's also yeah. pitching. He's pitching in a place with absolutely no help. I mean, Lancaster is you know Lancaster is Coors on steroids. But his uh, his home numbers at Lancaster this year three and three record a six point two seven ERA and twelve starts uh, on the road two and three an ERA of three even in eight starts. He's allowed fifteen earned runs over forty five innings on the road, forty two earned runs in sixty and a third innings at home. Like Lancaster is just it's insane. it's not yeah it's not um, fair for those guys and. You know, like we've talked about for years, I think it's smart that the Rockies are there. I think it's smart that they're in Asheville. I think it's smart that they're in Albuquerque because when you get up to the major league level, it's not easy to pitch here either. And to train these guys as the, you know, and Grand Junction fits into this. And I think Boise even to an extent fits into this. Um, for guys to be learning that at the minor league level is smart, um, but it is certainly not easy. And aside from those guys, like, there's not a whole lot. Michael Tolia has had a couple of really yeah, good he's games. He's got a good OPS quite far away. In, in Boise. Yeah. But yeah, he's, you know, he's a, a class A short season right now. Um there are not a whole lot of guys. You don't look into the middle areas of the Rockies prospects and think like, oh yeah, there are some gems there still too. Like there are some guys that 
maybe could be something. You know, Ryan Castellani has been atrocious in his upper tiers of the minor leagues. He's been hurt this year as well. Uh, Riley Pint is uh, looks to be a failed project at this stage. Yeah. Vince Fernandez um, has been you know, pretty good when he hasn't been yeah. hurt. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, Rico Garcia showed some promise this year in Double A. He's gotten lit up in Triple A. Um, the uh, Roberto Ramos, I mean, is is the next guy you'd have to think he'll get all yeah. up. But uh, the Rockies have a whole bunch of dudes who you know you thought at one time like, oh man, these guys could climb pretty quickly. Uh, Robert Tyler was that way. The Rockies drafted him uh, out of the University of Georgia in the CBA round in 2016. He's got an ERA of 9.25 in 23 games in Lancaster this year, and from what I've heard, just looks completely lost. Uh, Justin Lawrence, who is a 12th round pick back in 2015. He's got a combined ERA between Hartford and Albuquerque of 9.27. The, the yips, I think, right? Um, Didn't he have some Yeah, yeah, I think he's had some issues there. Some real struggles with that. Um it's just there's not a whole lot right now that you look at and think like, well, at least help is on the way. Um, you know, and where there are some of those pieces, guys are blocked, right, yeah. you know, like Brendan um, Rodgers, I mean, is a perfect example right. there. So, yeah, there's not a lot of hope there, but I think it comes back to the point of who do you start getting These are the guys you're going to have to go people. to war with next year. That's that's what you end up looking right. at at this point. Right. Especially because where the depth of your system is now, you can't rely on a whole bunch of reinforcements coming in 2020 and 2021. No. Like you pretty much know the group of guys who you're going to be choosing from next year and they are all either at the major league level or injured or near the major league level right now. Rockies don't have a lot of options. They've got know? a young pitching and staff. So, I mean, it's one of the yeah. youngest on average right now, about 27 and a half years. Uh, that is one, two, yeah. three, four, five, sixth youngest in all of baseball. Their position players are kind of bumped up by your Daniel Murphys or whatever, but they're in the lower half. They're about 28 on average. So, yeah. You, you know, your, your offense is basically set, you think, next year. Unfortunately, you have guys that are cemented in through contracts. Your Desmonds or Murphys yeah. are going to be there because they kind of have to be. The rest of the team is going to fill itself out, you'd have to imagine. But the pitching staff is what you got to look at this year because that is the part that has completely failed you. The offense has not been great. Yeah. A team at 2019 Coors Field with the, yeah. the 2019 baseball should not be yeah. in the bottom third of the league in home runs. That is really a topic that I don't think anybody has discussed that much, um, but it is a very unsettling topic. The fact that like you play in the most hitter-friendly ballpark in the history of the sport, uh, you're playing in, in 2019 with these 2019 baseballs, and the Rockies really have a pretty middle-of-the-road offense. Yep. Like this, you know, that's something that is hmm. – I think I'd rather have them be a team built around the mold of 2017 and 2018 where they can actually pitch, but sure. nobody can yeah. pitch in 2019, and they're not outslugging anybody, and that's a problem. No, and that was at least a hallmark that they always could fall back on, and that is not the case anymore. Yeah. 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 So things are good. Yeah, so anyway, you know, it's, it's all, all great. <clears throat> Everything's yeah. terrific. Amazon's um, burning. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's, uh, We're gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. We're gonna be fine as you a know. society. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll all. We won't all be living out the plot of an American War, uh, which is a terrific book that if you haven't read, you should read. Um. So uh, beyond all that, uh, there's only a anyway, couple like Aspdp. Here's Wonderwall. Wanted yeah. to get to. 
But uh, one of them is from uh, AJ, uh, who I don't know how to pronounce AJ's last name. And I feel like a jerk because he's followed us forever. And AJ, I'm sorry. It's V-I-C-E-N-S, which I would imagine is Vicens. I always said Vicens in my head, but maybe it's Vicens. Maybe it's like uh, an Eastern European thing. It could be like Vicens. I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel bad when I can't. There was somebody last week whose name was it Kyle? Kyle Kerchival? Kirkival? Kirkevil? From uh, yeah, from the GJ Rocks. From the the old GJ Rocks. Nay Chubs. I'm sorry, everyone. I feel like a jerk. Anyway, um, but AJ uh, (laughs) quote tweeted a Jeff Passan tweet and just said to us, please advise. And the Jeff Passan tweet says, (laughs) quote, the use of gas station sexual enhancement pills in baseball is so prevalent that MLB sent out a memo warning players that their use could lead to positive PED tests, as at least two players have claimed this year. Sources tell ESPN. (laughs) so yeah Uh, this is the lead from that story uh quote major league baseball in a memo warned about the quote very real risk unquote of over-the-counter sexual enhancement pills after at least two players this year were suspended for performance enhancing drugs and said the banned substances found in their urine came from the unregulated products sources familiar with the situation told espn The use of over-the-counter pills, which are often sold at gas stations, is prevalent among baseball players, according to multiple sources. It prompted the league to send out a memo on Monday that outlines the risk of consuming non-NSF certified supplements. So, here's my thought. Um, (laughs) Listen, we've all been there. Guys aren't taking them for the sexual enhancement. No, obviously. Uh, I would say if it is this widespread, it's the way, like, athletes have a... Uh, a, a therapeutic use exemption for like Adderall, right, those types right. of things. That's like 20 times the national average. Um, guys are doing it because they, they believe uh, one way or another that there is something that is going to help them as athletes. It's a stimulant. That's what I, mean, that's what I yeah. would guess. It's a stimulant. It's like, right. it's, I mean, there's a lot of things in it. It's just like taking a greenie, you know, back in the seventies and whatever, you know, it's, it can get you up in, more ways <laughs> than one. Oh, that was good. Good night, everybody. See you later. Thanks for tuning in. That was good. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't. I and I have to be careful with how I tread as a, an employee here. But like, I can't. Just from an objective observer standpoint, I don't think there are that many dudes in Major League. If it is this prevalent, I don't think there are that many dudes in Major League Baseball that are like. A, I have I have issues with my sexual performance, and B, I want to, to attack those by getting gas by, station. Yeah, by, by getting oh, some Rolos, uh, Scratch Lotto, right. and oh yeah, some boner pills. <laughs> right. One like, of those <laughs> bags of Smart Foods white cheddar popcorn. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I can't. Uh, and uh, in this memo, uh, quote MLB suggested that players who quote, suffer from erectile dysfunction or other legitimate issues related to sexual performance, speak to a licensed physician about the various prescription medications available to treat those conditions. And, yeah, I mean, Duh. do that. If that I'm, I'm, We're not making light of erectile dysfunction or sexual performance issues. Like, that's not, an, that's not a thing anybody wants to deal with. But I don't think that it is that. Like, if you look at the average uh, rate of those issues and those prescriptions among just normal, everyday men, 
Uh, it doesn't seem to be anything around what this would suggest the major league level of usage no. is. And, and like, I don't even know what to say here. I mean, it's like... <laughs> I think that's size. I mean, mean, it it is just funny. Listen, like you're a major league baseball player or a pro baseball player. You know that you're going to be drug tested and you know, you need to be very vigilant about what you put into your body because we've all seen every single time someone gets busted. They always come out with a statement saying, I did not realize what I put into my body, blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Do you really think some kind of, blank performance pill you find at a Conoco is going to be like on the up and up with MLB's drug testing program. Yeah. Like, yeah, probably not. I, I probably use a little not. bit of common sense here. You could be like, Hey, I didn't know I went to this restaurant and they put greenies in my fettuccine Alfredo. You know, <laughs> right. it's not like that. Right. I didn't know the coffee was leaded. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the way it used to be back in the day. They would have a pot of leaded and unleaded coffee and the leaded coffee had amphetamines yes. in it. Back in like the 70s in Major League Clubhouses. Um, I had completely forgotten about this, but from Jeff Passan, uh, quote, over-the-counter sexual enhancement pills are part of the unregulated supplement industry, which is estimated to be worth more than $30 billion a year. The Food and Drug Administration in July added 10 products to a list of more than 250 tainted sexual enhancement supplements. This is the part I had forgotten. Former NBA star Lamar Odom fell into a coma after a significant dose of a so-called, quote-unquote, yeah. herbal vitamin. They like had a resuscitate him at a, at a brothel. Yeah, yeah, he almost yeah. died. <clears throat> Not fun. No, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's a weird one, and uh, you know I think we can all use our common sense to to understand there's probably something strange going on there. Um, also, completely unrelated to anything, but uh, you know how creepy it is when you're searching for something or you're talking about something, and then you get a target. We're gonna get ad so many targeted it. ads for over the counter boner yeah, pill. We're gonna get yeah. so many boner pill ads yeah. now. But uh, what I actually have right now, so I uh, I leave on Tuesday for South Korea. I booked a, a tour to the demilitarized zone and now i'm just getting a whole bunch of dmz tour ads which i feel like on a computer that i use for work is probably you are on a list somewhere now sir yeah like, uh what are you planning no i swear i'm just I'm gonna, gonna take a lot of pictures i promise i don't have any guts yeah. um this is another uh i would say more serious story from uh also jeff passan he's on a uh, roll yeah. and this is originally reported by jared diamond of the wall street journal but the wall street journal is evil and behind a paywall so i'm not going to read that one uh quote major league baseball has banned all affiliated players from participating in the venezuela winter league this season a response intended to comply with president donald trump's embargo against the country's nicholas maduro led government Quote, MLB has been in contact with the relevant government agencies regarding the executive order issued by President Trump on Venezuela, the league said in a statement. MLB will fully adhere to the policies implemented by our government. With respect to the Venezuela Winter League, MLB will suspend its involvement in that league until it receives direction from the relevant agencies that participation by affiliated players is consistent with the executive order. Um, Major League Baseball, and again, I'm going to have to uh, tread lightly, but Major League Baseball has... um, gone in circles with you know lobbying for the save our pastime act that type of stuff which uh was eventually passed in effect as a writer on a different bill 
which declared that minor league baseball players are seasonal employees who are not due to receive minimum wage in any way. Um, they're, you know, Major League Baseball contributes money across the political spectrum, not just to Republicans, not just to Democrats, but they have been thrown for a loop in a lot of their international dealings in recent seasons by the Trump administration, uh, which Major League Baseball had gone to uh, extenuous lengths to figure out an agreement with Cuba on players and trying to make it a more uh, humane way for players to sign contracts coming out of Cuba. Um, that was effectively completely struck down, the the agreement between the Cuban National Series and Major League Baseball uh, by an executive order. So now baseball players from Cuba who want to leave and come to the United States again are going to be relegated to you know human trafficking <laughs> and the things that players like yeah, Rossiel Puig and Jose and, Fernandez yeah. had to deal with getting out um this is another one and this is obviously i'm not saying like oh everything's in venezuela is fine and this is absurd um that's not the case but major league baseball is in a very weird spot right now because it doesn't seem like there has been a whole lot of clarification on whether or not these players would be allowed to go play there Uh, major league baseball is kind of erring on the side of caution but the the venezuelan league is one of if not the best off-season leagues in latin america and there are a lot of venezuelan players who go there i mean um, ronald acuna jr miguel cabrera glaber torres wilson Contreras. like it's there's a, a lot of Jose Altuve, an incredible hotbed really of talent, talent coming out of Venezuela in the major leagues, even just right now. Yeah. Um, and it sucks because this is just the latest strike to Venezuela's um, baseball lifeblood. And uh, a few years ago, minor league baseball was forced to shut down the Venezuelan Summer League because so many major league organizations had pulled their teams out from there. And I think it was down to three teams. There's been so much um, like kidnappings and all that stuff. It's been yeah, a, it's been a and, terrible and the political in, unrest in there for horrible. a long, long time. Um, but this is a this is another strike to that, and it's tough. You know, I mean, you look back at, at Rockies franchise history and the amount of guys from Venezuela, Carlos Gonzalez, Andres Galarraga. I mean, some of your favorite players through all of franchise history, they were guys who stood on the shoulders of people before them, uh, who who went that route from Venezuela and found the the glory of the major leagues through what they were able to do on a baseball field. And it sucks now that all of these future generations, these kids who have dreamed of something like that, they're all going to get screwed out of it because of Nicolas Maduro and, you know, oil money corruption and and all this stuff. And that's, and, that's her, and, and we've seen, like, uh, Herman Marquez as well with Carlos Gonzalez. I remember last year they did a lot of things like pray for Venezuela kind of stuff yeah. um, because all the unrest yeah. is happening there. Like, it's... Ugh. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's tough. Um it's a tough situation, yeah. and it's the the reverberations of you know kids who aren't getting scouted there now because major league teams don't really send scouts to Venezuela anymore. I mean, the Rockies um, have five Venezuelans on the team right now: Tinoco, Sensatella, Jairo Diaz, Jonathan Daza, and Herman. I wonder that's got to be on. The I would imagine that's probably for what the most of roster right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so that's a tough one, but that's another uh, big story that came out from the big leagues this yeah, week. Sobering. Um, there's just not a whole lot of Rocky-centric things that we talk about these days because they're. You but know, you are going to. Yeah. Oh so yeah, that's I'm cool. leaving. On a jet plane. I don't know when. I'm well, you'll be back. Well, you'll be back in like a month. Oh, yeah. I'll be back. No, yeah. I'll be back. I do. Well, unless you go to the DMZ and you know. 
Right, right. Um, and something happens. Um, I just saw this. Uh, I had not seen this earlier today, but uh, I want to read this real quick before we get to that. Um, the headline from uh, Craig Calcaterra at Hardball Talk, quote, Tom Brady's bid to trademark Tom Terrific rejected. And then the summary is Tom Seaver gets his 312th win. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady wanted to trademark the term Tom Terrific, apparently because he hates it and he doesn't want people using it on right. merchandise. But like his trademark application was to use it on merchandise, and uh, evidently it got shut down. It infuriated Mets fans, um, and deservedly so. Well, Mets fans deserve to be infuriated. Cool. I'm sorry. Like they, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're hanging Good on though. Them. Fringe postseason yeah. team, boy, that, that was th- that's a that's a, <laughs> that like, backfire. At Indians is usually pretty good. That is a masterclass yeah, yeah, of what really not to do as a <laughs> right. Twitter uh, sports count team. <laughs> yeah, that was not not great. Did not go well. If you missed the uh, uh, Indians last night, like uh, after the they the lost the second game against the Mets, Brad Hand blew the save. He's blown three straight saves. Their Indians are hanging on to a postseason. I have right no now. hand. Yeah. Um, they're hanging on to a postseason berth right now. They've had a nice little run there, but they had a little bit of a rough last week and a half, let's just say. So <laughs> at Indians put out a tweet before the game last night saying, it's a long season. We didn't erase an 11 and a half game deficit to roll over. We split a series with one of the best teams in MLB at their home ballpark. We lost the last two to a fringe postseason team. We understand your frustration. Get it out here, but let's renew the perspective. And like it is it is getting properly ratioed. Thank God. Yeah. Because yeah, it's getting kind of crazy. Listen, I, I am a Cleveland fan. I have we know this on this podcast. I've been a Cleveland fan my entire life. My mom was born there. Correct. I we before we had the Rockies, I was an Indians fan. And so I've kept up that fandom because it doesn't really oversect really intersect with the Rockies that often. So like it's it's fine and I like I enjoy it. And they have a fun team this year. Um they've had a lot of injuries, but there's they did erase that deficit. They got a you know nice little run here. They got a chance to make the playoffs again. And I can't stand Cleveland fans. Cleveland fans are the most persecuted bunch of people in the absolute world. No matter what sport it is, basketball, football, baseball, whatever. Indians fans, they're always just like, oh, the refs are out to get us. Oh, the broadcast is rooting for the other team. Oh, the league has it out for us, blah, blah, blah. Every single time they take no responsibility for just like, hey, you know, sometimes shit happens on a baseball. Maybe your teams are yeah. bad. Or like, yeah. or that. Every single time it is like, oh, of course, Joe Buck's on the call. He hates the Indians. Like, right, it is, right. And that for every sport, it is like that. Every single sport. I cannot stand the persecution complex that all Cleveland fans have. It is one of the most awful things in all sports. And I'm a Cleveland fan. I cannot stand it. It is awful. Interesting. I don't think we've ever had that conversation. Oh, like I have unfollowed almost huh. every single person I've ever come into contact with from Cleveland Twitter because of that. It is, it is horrendous. And I'm... So, so a collision between that group and Mets oh, Twitter. God, exactly. Really? And so and that's so all the Mets fans are like, oh, fringe postseason team. Like Noah Syndergaard dunked on him a couple times last night during the rain delay. Like as he should great. have. Like that is pretty great. A, yeah. A like I said, a master class of what not to do when you're a sports team on Twitter. Because Which, that, uh, they, oddly they, enough, they just listened. That they read every single reply to the final score tweet from the night before. And that's yeah. what, oh my yeah. god, what are you doing? Like because every Indian yeah. fan was just like that. And they had to respond to it. They thought they it's, had. 
it's not quite Chubb's level no, bad, God. but no, not, it's uh, but it's but, pretty bad. <laughs> that'll be on a PowerPoint presentation in the offseason about like, hey, what not to do? <laughs> Here's how you don't yes. handle your social media. Right. Uh, we did, we did have yeah. one Ask PDP that we got a couple days ago um, from a fan okay. in uh, in Brazil, apparently, who apparently goes to the University, the University of New Mexico. So maybe ah. Um but he uh, asked, I assume he, I don't, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I assume he, I did, should not have assumed that. Um, this person asked, because uh, just UNM Lobos and then at Lobos Brazil is what it says. So I apologize if you guys have discussed this in previous episodes, but I have a question for your next one. What's better for the Rockies right now? Push, close, push to get closer to 500 or settle for a higher draft pick? Yeah. Um, and that is, that is the, the million dollar question because the Rockies are not in one of those years where it's like, well, contending would have been a bonus. The Rockies are in one of those years where it's like, no, you should have been right yes. in this race. And so trying to sell to people, I mean, thankfully we live in the one of the dumbest media markets in the country. And so you're not really trying to sell it to anybody who isn't a hardcore Rockies fan because, you know, the rest of the city has already turned off baseball season and started to get on to the five and 11 football uh, team. Six and 10. Here. All right, let's not go crazy. <laughs> but, you know, at this stage, I mean, I think ideally uh, you, you'd play for um, – I don't even know how to finish that sentence because I don't know. The, the tough thing about, like, playing for a better draft pick in baseball – doesn't really play well. It's, yeah. it's such a crapshoot. Yeah. And I'll give you a perfect example because I was just looking at this. As I pick it up again, my 2010 Baseball America Prospect Handbook, from which I was reading to you about Tim Melville, there are four guys on the cover of this book, four of the top prospects in baseball at the time, and they are Jason right. Hayward, then of, of Atlanta and now with, uh, with the Chicago Cubs, Starlin Castro, then of the Chicago Cubs, now evidently still with the Marlins, alive, yeah. because he played here yeah. last week with the Marlins, uh, Brian Mattis, <laughs> Baltimore Orioles, yeah. Coming off of a brilliant season with uh, with Frederick in 09, he was yeah, uh, and Desmond. Oh yeah, James former Tampa, of the Tampa Bay yeah. Rays. Yeah, those are uh, those. That are Carolina games, League was stacked, man. man. Those two years we were there. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It was loaded. This this season, uh, the the handful. Like, I'll give you the top. Let's just pick out a random prospect evaluator from that year in his top uh, 50. Let's go with Will Lingo, who was at one time the uh, the chief editor, I believe, of Baseball America. His top 10 that year, Jason Hayward, Steven Strasburg, Alcides Escobar, the number three prospect <laughs> on his list. Alcides Escobar, who, by the way, John Manuel, uh, who is also uh, an editor of, of Baseball America, one of the greatest guys in the game. He had Alcides Escobar at number 17. Will Lingo had him at number three, which just kind of tells you how difficult it is to evaluate anybody. Mike Stanton, who you John know is John Carlo, yeah. he was number four. Then Brian Wait, so it was Mattis, Alcides Escobar Pedro, and then John Carlo Stanton? And then John Carlos Santon. Yeah. Uh, Brian Madison, number five. Pedro Alvarez sure. at number six, who was supposed Again, to be Carolina the League. all yeah. third baseman uh, for so the Pittsburgh time. Pirates. Carlos Slamtana at yeah. number seven. Buster Posey, number eight. Dustin Ackley, number nine. Neftali Feliz, number ten. So it's such a crapshoot in baseball because it's like, yeah, you'd love to get some great talent, especially with a minor league system that's kind of faltering. But it's just so difficult to hit – um, with one pick that is best case scenario three years away from the big leagues. 
you know, so I think from the Rockies perspective, like if you can somehow get on a roll and you can finish this season in second place, you can overcome these teams in front of you, give yourselves a better building block for 2020. I think that's probably where I would rather see them go this year. But at the same time, like we talked about earlier, I'd much rather see that with the Jesus Tinocos and Yancy yeah. Almontes of the world getting work rather than the Brian Shaws and Wade right. Davises. The, yeah, the, the Dave I. And it's not like, I think right now, I don't know who the number one overall pick is supposedly going to be, but it's not like, there's no Adley Rushman in the crew, like yeah, who's the number one yeah. overall pick this it year for the seem- Orioles. He was a college yeah. catcher, very decorated. He's in theory, going to be a fast riser. He's playing pretty well right now. He's already moved up three levels yeah. so far a, in his short time in uh, pro ball. So he's a class A Del Marvin yeah. now in the Baltimore. So I, I don't think there is a a player like that. And again, even if you would quote unquote tank for a pick, I'd, the 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 two hundred the 200th pick could be just as good in the big leagues as a first overall pick in any given draft. You, yeah. you never really know. So yeah. Um, so it's certainly not a fun position to be no. in. We know that much. Um, and, uh, before we get out of here, yeah, we got to read those, uh, how they became Rockies fans, right? We, yeah. we do. Uh, so this is from Jonathan Fabry and the subject line is greetings from nice. Sweden. Hi, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan says, uh, quote, and this is from July. So my sincerest apologies for not getting to this until now. Um, But Jonathan says, quote, uh, after listening to the last podcast episode, I just wanted to get in touch as an international fan. Unfortunately, I'm not an international Rockies fan, but I guess I qualify as an international PDP fan, which is simultaneously the coolest thing that we have ever heard. And also you deserve better. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) Pile of garbage. Uh, Been following Major League Baseball since the 2013 season, mostly following the Tigers for no other reason than being a Detroit Red Wings fan before that. And they were good in 2013. Yeah. They were. First few years, it was mostly just a casual fandom, checking in on the few early Tigers games through the season that wasn't played in the middle of the night over here. The last couple of years, my interest for Major League Baseball has gone a ton, but unfortunately, has grown a ton, but unfortunately, there are not a lot of people to share that fandom with over here in Sweden, where MLB is the least popular one among the big four U.S. sports leagues. In fact, I do not know a single person in real life that follows baseball. The online community exists, but it's very small, but growing ever so slightly in our own small corners of the web. At the start of the year, I decided to do something about it and created a Swedish podcast about Major League Baseball in general and have been recording an episode a week since a couple of weeks before opening day, which is the coolest thing ever. Um, It's not exactly topping the podcast charts over here. That's relatable. But I'm still thrilled that there are more than a few people that actually listen to me pretty much talking to myself for an hour or so each week about what's been going on in the league the past week. Now, what does this all have to do with me being a PDP fan? Well, sometime last year, I started to have an idea about creating a podcast, but did not have nearly enough knowledge about all the teams. So I just randomly started to listen to any team podcast I could find and tried to find the at try to find at the very least one for each individual team while not my only source for news and info i found that listening to team podcasts gave a decent overview of the teams at that moment in time these days i still continue to listen to several team podcasts especially for the teams that for one reason or another may be extra relevant for that week's episode to get some more perspective now obviously i don't have time to listen to 30 plus team podcasts every week but there's a few i try to get to every episode because i really enjoy them even though i'm not a fan of that specific team pdp is one of those podcasts i almost never miss love the show you do and always look forward to having it show up on my podcast feed keep up the good work jonathan that is the coolest thing (laughs) wow man thank you jonathan yeah that is uh that is super cool and uh and we feel very lucky to have uh anybody 
ever have tuned into this show and the fact that we like reach people across the oceans blows my mind and uh it's a very cool moment and now i'm gonna get i'll get all misty eyed um by the way you can find us uh, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. We are now on iHeartRadio. We are on Spotify. We're on a whole bunch of different places um, where you can find us. Evidently, Apple is revamping the way that they categorize their podcasts. They're going to be a lot more specified soon. Um, so there should be like a baseball category that we'll be in, not just like sports and recreation. Um, so that'll happen at some point soon. Um, but before we get out of here, I want to break some Rockies organizational news oh, no. to you. And I am not sure that I am even allowed to say this yet, but I'm going to blow up. Is there a Red Robin coming into the Coors Field this year? Yum. Yum. Um, So coming up on Tuesday, I leave for the 2019 WBSC U18 Baseball World Cup in uh, Gijong-gun, South Korea, just outside of Busan, the second largest city in Korea. And joining me there to broadcast games for the World Baseball Softball Confederation's U18 Baseball World Cup will be voice of the Lancaster Jedhawks, Jason Schwartz, who will be along for the World Cup. Super pumped to have him. Not sure if he's announced it. Blew up his spot here on Jason the Schwartz is a very, very good four man. Four days away. The funniest thing is, so you and Jason have known each other in person yes. for a while, both living in California. You've run across each other calling Long Beach State. College, like, uh, we were the last two Long Beach State men's basketball radio guys, yes. And uh, I have never met him. I've been bothered. I can't Jason believe that. For yeah. Interviews, uh, for six seasons now. So the uh, the 2014 season when I started with MILB.com, uh, the Lancaster Jethawks were still at that time uh, an affiliate Astros, of the Houston right, yeah. Astros. And uh, that team in 2014 was absolutely loaded and i mean really for a few seasons after that was absolutely loaded um but they had i'm trying to see if i can pull up a 2014 roster for the Jedhawks. but like carlos correa was on that team um the next season i think alex like, Bergman i watched a that game team. with them uh they played lake elsinore i was still living in long beach at the time we went to lake elsinore nicole and i did and saw Lake Elsinore at Lancaster game, and uh, Korea didn't play, but I sat next to the dugout and, and watched him like the entire game like a total creeper. <laughs> I was like, hi, Carlos. That team that hi, year, Carlos. Hello. Um, I know you're good. Rio Ruiz, highly regarded prospect at that time. Teoscar Hernandez, same way. Tony Kemp, uh, who's been one of those dudes who I'm like, how has that guy not found a regular major league job yet? Um, but I think will soon now that he's out of that organization and isn't completely blocked. Carlos Correa was there. Uh, Jack Mayfield made the major oh, look league at that from pitching that squad. Staff. Tyler Chris Wright. Davinsky. Josh Hader. Yeah. Lance Josh McCullers. On that team. Lance McCullers. Uh, Vince Velasquez. Vince Velasquez. And Mark Capel, yeah. who was the number one overall pick. Yeah. And he was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> he had a 9-7 that year one of the nicest human beings on the planet and was just terrible. Um, but yeah, that team was loaded. And so I used to have to text Jason with regularity to be like, Hey, can you get me Carlos Correa tonight? Hey, can <laughs> you like, get me Tony Kemp no. tonight? Hey, can you get me Brett Phillips tonight? And so we just got to be buddies just because I bothered him relentlessly. Uh, and so we have literally never met in person. Of course, Lancaster became a Rockies affiliate in 2016. Um, and, uh, and we've, you know, texted, gone back and forth. We've been like in similar places. Like we've been in spring training at the same time, or, uh, we were in LA at this, when you and I went to the, the WBC in 2017, he was around and we were supposed to meet up somewhere, but then that ended up not happening. Um, yeah, so we've never met. And the first time that we meet, 
will be in the airport in Seoul because we have the same That's flight, crazy. Yeah. Uh, from, from Seoul to Busan. So at Incheon Airport, uh, that's where Jason and I will meet. But all that to say, starting next uh, Thursday, Friday, next Friday. Nah, it'll be Thursday, I guess, U.S. time. Um, we'll be on the call for U18 games. Uh, we are two of the three broadcasters going over for that. Craig Durham will also be there, and uh, we're, we're pretty pumped. And I'm very pumped to have Jason along. And um, if I wasn't supposed to announce this. Sorry, bud. Yeah. Everybody get one of those men in black pens and forget that you heard it. <laughs> That'll be it. So speaking of that, we so, probably not have an episode next week. Just yeah. let you get. Yeah, next week we'll you leave off. Tuesday and let you get acclimated. I'm not going to force you to, you know, whatever. So to talk about this bad baseball team. Yeah. You know, had they been contending, I think I would so have sucked it. Give up. us a couple weeks and we'll probably get back in your ear holes. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll be back. back. Sorry, Jonathan. We'll be back in two weeks. I'm going to guess. Yeah, we suck after reading this friendly could, dudes like, oh, I listen we every week. A, Sorry, we're not a PDP on location in Sweden, you know. Yeah, we can do that. Like Conan without yeah. borders. PDP without borders. Fly us yeah. over there. PDP without borders. Um, I think it's a surprise. Okay, let's do it. Personally. But yeah, we'll be doing it in uh, two different countries over the next uh, few weeks because after straight after Korea, I fly to Italy for the first uh, Olympic qualifier for 2020, the Europe and Africa qualifier, which right now features one team. Uh, it will feature six, but South Africa has already qualified. The top uh, Africa finisher goes to that qualifier. And then five European finishers from the previous week's European championships will be there as well. Um, so it's uh, there's a lot of international baseball stuff going on right now. The uh, Pan Am Women's World Cup qualifier is in progress right now. The U.S. Uh, is uh, wiping the floor with some of these schools. Rushing yeah. everybody. And that team is strange because they haven't – I think they haven't won gold in uh, – they haven't won the championship in the Women's World Cup since like 2004. Um, they lost the bronze medal game last year to Canada. They just beat Canada 21-4 in a rematch of that. The closest game that they've had through their uh, their opening round of play was a 15-5 win over Venezuela. So they're going like all dream team <laughs> on everybody, uh, which is pretty cool. And uh, But, yeah, there's a ton of international baseball stuff coming up, which is super fun. Um yeah, so we'll keep you updated on all that, and we will obviously be doing a show sometime. At some point. And that is all we have for you. Yum! Yum. Uh, so anyway, uh, he's Anthony. I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Love you! Bye! Bye! Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. 